Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought I'd tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you also find it at the website. Okay, before I take you to the podcast, I want to give you a little bit of a reminder about the power of focus and accountability. This is the one tool that will really get you towards the goals you are seeking, towards the path you want to take. So listen to the end to find out more or check out the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get you back to the podcast. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people. And what I have discovered is that our story is everything. Because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? Stop chasing that kind of seven-figure kind of salary that you might really, really, really aspire to. Because when you get there, it's still going to still going to cause you problems and challenges. Maybe it's better to try and do something that's that you feel better about, that you can kind of rest rest your conscience on, um, and feel that you're part of something bigger, something more impactful. Hello, and welcome back to the second part of my conversation with Scott Stonham. In the first part of our conversation, we got to hear about Scott's life in technology, how he was instrumental in some of the the applications and the development of mobile phone technology and it's a fascinating story do go back and check it if you've not been there now in part two of this conversation we are exploring his shift his change we look at his model for success um, meaning contribution but there was a major shift in scott's life and this explores it it's a really interesting conversation because he covers his realizations about how life needs to be different and how it needed to be different for him and his family and his how he's taken that forward how he is now devoted his life to a different cause other than technology so let's go back to the conversation with scott stonham i think i realized that at some point actually much more recently than that really is absolutely true it doesn't matter how much you earn it's never enough um but if if you're earning you know, six figures versus five figures, it's still never enough. So stop chasing that kind of seven figure kind of salary that you might really, really, really aspire to. Because when you get there, it's still going to still going to cause you problems and challenges. Maybe it's better to try and do something that's um, that you feel better about, um, that you can kind of rest, rest your conscience on um, and feel that you're part of something bigger or something more impactful, take a hit on the on the salary and the income and know that you will survive. You will get through it because you've been doing that all this time all along. Um, and now you're doing it on maybe half the salary you were doing it before. But again, you're going to make it work and it's not a bad life. Plus, you're going to feel a lot, a lot better about it. And that's kind of what happened around 2019. And it was even, you know, that aha moment um 
where I said, this is one of what I want to do. And my wife said, well, how are you going to make money? I said, I don't know, <laughs> but I'll find a way. I'll find a way. Um, and frankly, I'm still finding a way, but um, it's not like, yeah, yeah, I'm still, I still find myself lucky. Um, I still feel lucky, but I now feel much more at ease with what mm. I'm doing. Yeah. So success obviously changed for you, the idea of success. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it really did. Um, How would you I define guess, it now? Yeah, I guess um, parts of my definition of success changed. So earlier on, it was about, you know, those job titles, you know, being able to say VP of this or deputy CTO of that or you know all of these fancy tech all of these fancy titles being able to that's look about at that. status and about status. how other people see you isn't it yeah exactly and even the money was just it was just status to be mm. able to say oh well actually you know i bought home this much you know? mm. um and to be able to I, n- I never really had the flash fancy cars either um because money would go elsewhere but it just <laughs> went at the heart of that as well there was always you know i want my i, I I wanted my mum to be proud of what I was doing. Mm. So, you know, that was kind of, yeah, I, I latch on to my mum being proud of it. But really the, the 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 sense is much deeper. I want I want to be proud of what I'm doing. And if my mum's proud of it, I'm proud of it. But it goes beyond beyond that as well. Um so that has stayed as kind of a, a guiding star, I like, if you like, through through my career um and was also part of that kind of awareness and awakening was like you know i'm proud of this um but yeah it's changed so you know it was money status uh with that kind of pride kind of weaved in but now it's much that pride is still there i want people to be but i want to i want to do something that that helps people adapt and have meaningful Actually, I don't want to say meaningful because that is a very kind of privileged thing to say. I want people to be able to live good lives. Um, mm. And you've come to the right podcast. <laughs> yeah, a lot of my work now is all of it is kind of honed in around the UN Sustainable Development Goals, and the UN defined sustainability as you know. I'm going to break. I'm going to, I'm going to mash it up now, but yeah, basically being able to. Being able to achieve the needs of today without compromising the needs of the future. Yes. That's sustainable development, right? Um, and what I see there is you know, needs <clears throat> are all of those needs, um, psychological, physical, mental, well-being, health, all of those needs. Um, and I use the, the UNSDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, <clears throat> really at the high level, you know, so they're kind of, the 17 colorful blocks of, of areas of our global challenges, because I think they are um, relatable and identifiable to everybody. Um, and I think that changed, actually, it changed around COVID time uh, from, from my small bubble of living in the UK. Um, I know pre, and this could be, I, I acknowledge this could be confirmation bias, but pre kind of COVID, um, I was talking about the SDGs and people were like, mm, not sure what that is. Post-COVID, there was a much greater understanding of what they were. And I 
I noticed something in it, my observation, it could, maybe it's not valid, but it's my observation, is that, you know, on those SDGs, number three is all about health and well-being. And COVID, I think, made us all realise that health is not a personal thing, really. I mean, it's very, very, very much personal, but it's just not mine. It's a global thing. And it it made me realise that my actions, I mean, me, my actions um, here, what I choose to do will have an impact on maybe not the person I speak to, but their their friends, their family, the people mm. they speak to. This kind of interconnectedness. Yes. Um, and then when I started speaking with people about this, even on my street, and I explain this and then, and I show them the others like you know no poverty no hunger the initial thing is like well that's not a, you know that that assumption that people had even if they didn't even realize it was oh that's not so much that's that's a third world problem isn't it um <laughs> it's like no mm. I can put to people down this street who don't have enough money to feed their kids mm. um I can point to people who are really struggling with getting good work um or never got the education they need. So it's happening on our street. But, you know, if you if you do look at the SDGs right at the detail, they go down into these indicators and these targets that are very much abstracted from our Western way of living or, or abstracted, uh, seem seem less relevant to our Western way of living because they are focused on particular, particular geographies. So I don't necessarily go down that level, but I use the SDGs to talk about these bigger topics because everyone will know people who are impacted by one two three or four of these so that's kind of where where it led to and that's kind of where this is an amazing conversation coming out of the word success isn't it you really you really you've really taken the whole success you flipped it on its head in some respects yeah and from so what I, th- I can see is that you've taken the part the idea of being proud and you flipped it into creating legacy yeah, that's a really nice word, um, and it's it's very relevant because, um, yeah, I yeah I I have four children, one older from my first marriage, and two younger, uh, three younger, sorry, um, and they you know they are still in primary school, going into secondary school, and we have we have conversations um, around the table. We 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 always unless we're somewhere else, we always make sure that we all get around the dinner table in the, in the evening and have conversations about various different things. And, you know, we often talking about topics of sustainability and um, uh, moral decisions and things like this. And yeah, I see, I see the impact just over the last few years with my children. It's like, if you have these conversations early, it creates new ways of thinking and these new ways of thinking will open up the the tools the mindsets that we need to solve these challenges in the very very near future um and that will be my legacy my legacy will be that kind of education and awareness and you know that ties back to the sdgs what i was talking about to answer that question of success my success will be raising will be kind of to raise awareness um and um understanding and also to provide kind of individual opportunities to take action no matter how big no matter how small but mm-hmm. to help improve these things give people a good good life mm. so 
what what are you doing now um a few things um but in the last year i've really focused down on on two two activities um i guess before that though just there was um when i went around that 2019 time i came up with the idea that my what i could bring to the world was all of this kind of global technology kind of multinational marketing business experience all of that stuff in one bubble and then overlay that with my passion for sustainability mm -hmm. um, and try and find that intersection between those two worlds and really work in that intersection so you know where sustainability and technology meet um and it's an interesting one because if you if you really kind of think about technology in its broadest sense and you go back to the agri well you can go back to the kind of harnessing of fire as a technology mm -hmm. um, and then the agricultural revolution all of those things have led to ultimately the climate challenge we're in right now the global crisis we're in right now beyond climate actually <clears throat> um, many of the problems we have now have become from technology innovation so on one hand technology is at the heart of all of our problems <laughs> as well as a couple of other things like uh, capitalism maybe and and whatever but it's at the heart of our problems so but i firmly believe that if you if you use technology with wisdom and constraint it can be a massive component to our future as well positive component to our future so that's kind of where the sustainability and technology sits in that kind of intersection there. How can we find technologies that are going to make our world a better place? And what what are these technologies? And then in doing that, I was invited to write what became quite an influential paper on the topic of digital carbon footprints. So, you know, we um, there was this, we, we've moved from physical meetings, you know, we're now doing this over on Zoom. Yeah. Um, and this definitely has a much lower carbon footprint than me driving or even catching a train up to uh, where you are. Um, but it does have a carbon footprint. And um, the carbon footprint of a video call is worse than the carbon footprint of a mobile phone call. Um, but we developed this kind of understanding that, well, actually, you know, it's much better to do things for um, digitally. Um, and there's this kind of idea of, well, digital is carbon free. Um, and my, my, you know, I was asked to write this paper um, by a company called JISC, um, who served the education sector in, in the UK. And the paper was called Exploring Digital Carbon Footprints. And you can Google that and it's, you'll find that easily enough. Um, and the intention of that was to distribute it to the leadership of universities and colleges to create awareness and stimulate debate on this topic mm -hmm. it did <laughs> we had lots of discussions and debates uh but that really kind of created a whole different opportunity for me looking you know from a technology sustainability point of view it kind of further refined it down to digital sustainability and digital carbon footprints um now that's a big part of my life now um i'll, I'll maybe talk about that in a bit more but I also, with my passion for sustainability and startups, I also run an accelerator program in the UK for for startups with who are aiming to have this um, a positive impact on people, nature, or the planet. 
but are needing that coaching, that mentorship. Mm. Um, so we created the Impact Accelerator that is just for that. Um, and uh, we're into our second cohort now. Uh, yeah, we, we've seen some really amazing ideas come through the first cohort and i can't wait to see what we come into what we see coming into the second cohort as well you know, these are ideas are real problem solvers um yeah the, um yeah so you know my, my role in that is to kind of create the program bring people together find the mentors find the startups do all of that kind of thing that you do at the startup again uh but give them all of that experience like collective experience to help them um discover the problems they didn't know in the first place, help them solve the problems they, they do have and get them from point A to point B in much faster, much more reliably than they could have in the, with, without our help. So that's that's really powerful, um, you know, seeing the impact you can have on people there. Of all the things you do, what would you say is your contribution to the world? There's a lot. Now, that sounds really egotistical. Um, not a little enough. bit, but, uh, but we all have a contribution. I mean, what yeah. is the what is the biggest bit? What is the, what is the thing you're most, if we want to use the word proud, what is it the most you're most makes you feel good? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm really proud of the things that I did in my early career. Very proud of those. And mobile internet, um, nav smartphone navigation. You can tell because I've rabbited on about that for a long time. Um, less proud about the stuff that happened in between. But now... But, but um, I'm talking about contribution. I'm not talking about, you know, your... Then what do you think you've left in terms of that or you are leaving or you're or you're creating now yeah yeah no i understand um right now i think you know this um it's there's so when i said a lot it's difficult to kind of break these these individual things out i mean on one hand i'm bringing up three you know amazing young people who are already feeling you know empowered enough to tell their friends to stop, you know, don't throw that litter on the floor, pick it up and put it in the bin. These kids who are able to say to their <laughs> to their teachers, you know what, we don't need that heater on. It's warm enough and it's just wasting energy. So I feel yeah, if I can have that impact in a small way, just with my three kids, they're already um, passing that information on and passing that incentive on through their peer networks. I've done some work with local schools as well, kind of on this point as well. So I feel like I'm contributing to creating um, a greater awareness of our actions and consequences um, through the younger generation. I think with the digital sustainability piece as well, um, I have created, created that discussion in leadership teams across our education institutions um, where digital won't be taken for granted anymore. Um, and consideration will be paid to the impact of email. I mean, emails are tiny, but on mass, it has an impact. And that's important because that you know, that's going to be kind of dovetailing with what I was just saying about my young kids. These kids will all come together and you know, help solve the, the problems of the future. And the reason digital is important is because it continues to grow exponentially. And what I don't what I don't want to sit back and wait for is another one of those moments in you know, a decade or two or three where we go, you know what, if we had started to solve this problem back then, we wouldn't have this problem today. Unintended consequences. Yeah. yeah. But what frustrates me about this is we know there's a this has a problem. The, the, we know there's an impact, but we're just and there's so many other big <clears throat> things we need to deal with. But dealing with this, dealing with your digital carbon footprint 
is something you can do like that very easily every single day. And in terms of that contribution, I want to provide people um, of all ages, of all walks of life, simple things that they can do every single day that will have a small individual impact, but on mass. We will come to those. Mm. We will come to those in a moment. Let's stick with your contributions and things. Let's flip the contribution on its head, because clearly you are contributing to the world in terms of what you what you said. But contribution is a two way street. There's the contribution to the world and there's the contribution to the self. Because end of the day, we're here as a human being to to experience this life and we need to contribute to ourselves to do so. How do you contribute to yourself? Not as much as I should. Um, And that's That's just an awareness. Yeah. Um, If nothing else comes out of this conversation, you're going to be aware of it. So I'm going to I'm going to pull another visual prop for an audio medium. Okay, um, that'll be good. <laughs> it's very useful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, around 2019, 2018, my wife and I really started to explore kind of mindfulness, uh, meditation, um, mm-hmm. a lot more. Uh, she brought me this um, this book. Um, it's a colourful book I'm holding up now. Very colourful. Pinky, cyan. And it's called Life is an Adventure, Be an Explorer. Mm. And in here, these are all my notes that I made as I went through some of these kind of practices and ideas and thought processes. Um, and I found it at the beginning, I found it cringeworthy. It was like, oh, so new agey. But I went along with it because I trust my wife and she said it would be a good thing to do. And as I got into it, I'm like, actually, this is really powerful. This is me kind of topping myself up again. You know, as they say, you can't fill somebody else's cup if your cup is empty. So this is me topping myself up again and becoming more aware, more kind of in tune with myself, in tune with you know the universe, if you like. Um, and this turned out to be really 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 important for us as a family as well because um in 2020 we moved the whole family to slovakia to live there for a couple of years um and if it wasn't for this time we'd put contributing to ourselves myself i wouldn't have had the personal fortitude to see that through it was mm. a really really difficult couple of years we probably won't go into that now but very difficult couple of years and it was only because of that investment in me and building me and my and my mental um kind of health resilience that it that we got through it and my wife was exactly the same as well do you still are you still practicing are you still maintaining that that aspect of yourself now that's kind of where i wanted to get to when i said not enough mm. um it's because i know i am not doing this as much as i was before um so it, it is an awareness. It's one that I'm aware of already that I need to do more of this. Um, but I've created new routines in my life now that um, that provide some of that contribution to me. Um, so simple things. Uh, one of them, one of them, so simple, but all of us put it off, and that's exercise. Um, I exercise pretty much every day. Um, I have. I have to get reasonably early. I get to the gym as it's opening. I do a, even just it's half an hour. Just showing up is is half the battle. Show up, do a bit of exercise, get a little bit sweaty, and uh, 
come home and my day is always better um if i do that so pleased you said that <laughs> the exercise changed my life completely uh, it's been that's been a, a difficult i've always been sporty i've got yeah, you have you were yeah because you were yeah you were representing you played rugby and all sorts of stuff yes it's funny how yeah. we let this stuff go isn't it yeah and in in 2021 when i was writing this report i was writing it in slovakia in a very bad ergonomical setup <laughs> like a kitchen table and a desk uh, mm -hmm. a kitchen table and a kitchen chair and i ended up rupturing a um a disc in my lower spine mm. i mean that knocked me out completely so i then i've basically had a couple of years of um recuperation and recovery from that that's why i'm standing up now because i can't sit down at a desk for too long without it flowing up again right but it's been quite a battle to get back into the sporty levels that I used to be in. Um, but even if it is small amount of exercise, it helps every single day. And those days where I don't exercise in the morning, in the afternoon, I know that's the problem. Um, so that's one of the very simple things that many of us find too difficult to do. Mm. Um, the other simple thing that I've changed now is in the morning, instead of um, eating my breakfast, doom scrolling through my phone, um i i read and i hmm. might only read for five minutes um but I, I i've been reading a um uh a wonderfully easily accessible book from a gentleman called um <laughs> i've forgotten his name but it's called um modern Win modern wisdom ancient roots um three no, I'm going to completely ruin that name, so I won't even try. Um, but Modern Wisdom, Ancient Roots. And the beauty about it is it really is kind of ancient um, mindful philosophies, med meditative philosophies, being more aware of the self. But it's presented in very short chapters. So if you're just eating your cereal, you can consume a chapter at least in one go. So... Mm. What it does is one, it kind of helps kind of bring those kind of more enlightened thinking thinking to me. Two, it keeps me away from the tech um, for at least fifteen minutes more. And, th and the three, man who lives in his tech. Yeah, exactly. You got to. It, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Good. And the good thing about a book is it's very low carbon input. Well, well the carbon's there already, and it's actually carbon storage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a bit, I also, I mean, I don't want to keep plugging things now, but I found a really interesting um, website called WOB, W-O-B, World of Books. And they are a marketplace for um, secondhand books. So, and they, they're very, they're, they're very carbon sensitive to that as well. So like you say, you know, once the, once the carbon has been emitted to create the book, you know, that's called embodied emissions, yeah. it's there. So the worst thing to do is just kind of keep these books on your shelf and let somebody else go and buy one, you know, share them around, stop creating more just to have a lot of books or give away. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I found that. So my final question of this part of this web of this conversation, and this is becoming a very interesting conversation, very long, which I'm which I which I'm delighted at, <laughs> um, is meaning, you know, like, you know, we're human beings are born on the earth. You know, we, we, we eat shit and die, basically. I mean, but what are we for? Why are we, why are we here? I think... Um, why are you here, more importantly? What's, what's, here? what's meaning for you? Yeah, well, meaning for me is... has evolved and continues to evolve. 
and I think that's one of the biggest insights I, I've had. You know, um, I am um, my meaning now is to uh, is to try my hardest to live and enjoy as much of every single day that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, again, in the last few years, I've just seen people who have um, got to the point where that can't happen anymore for one reason or another, very quickly, very unexpectedly thing life changes so even if you're dealt a shit hand sorry about my even if you're dealt a troubling hand right now then um somehow you got to find something good out of it because tomorrow it might not be there this too Um, shall pass hmm, exactly yeah exactly um so that's that's a big part of it try and try and be uh try and enjoy and try and make the most out of it and in doing that try and instill that on on the others I come into contact with, try and help my kids enjoy themselves and find meaning in what they're doing and feel like their actions have um, some kind of positivity to them, help them through trauma and challenges and help shape them. When I'm working with my teams, the same kind of thing. It's um, how do we keep everybody moving along, helping them feel good about what they're doing and in a way that helps them um, create even more good. on calls on calls like this you know i want to share experiences i want to kind of help direct people to things they didn't know and give them opportunity to even just do something small that can have an impact that they never even realized so my meaning really is all about trying to make the most out of what we have but make sure the future is 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 there for everybody to enjoy as well nice Nice, and th- and that's the point we all have to decide what life means for ourselves because there ain't no there ain't no rule book on this one Hmm. this you know belief, belief is what it's all about what do we believe what do we believe this is for us hmm. because fundamentally life has no meaning whatsoever other than the meaning we choose to give it mm-hmm. only we can give it the meaning and it's interesting you know you've got some lo- you've got some lovely work there i mean you've got some lovely sense of it there yeah yeah like i say it's evolving um yeah and, uh, it becomes clearer more opaque mm. <laughs> you're at more um, and and in and you know some some things it will change you know it does change it does change for all of us and that's and as you said when it ch- um i mean i've had 500 of these conversations <laughs> and one thing i do notice about them there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities but one thing it does the one big similarity is that um we can have a meaning one day and something can change and the meaning changes for us yeah yeah, something big changes. Something, something real. Something crap happens, and and you know, and life. Your life is no longer the same. Meaning changes. Yeah, and I. There's. It sounds silly, maybe, but there's a. Um, I'm not going to say a song, but a track that um, comes from the '90s, uh, and I've. It. It still has meaning every single time I listen to it, and it's. It's a silly one, but it's called um, "Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen." by Baz Luhrmann and it's the origin I've got to are, listen to that now haven't I <laughs> yeah the, the the words come from uh it sounds like it's one of these uh American university graduation addresses yeah but if you dig into it it, it actually was <clears throat> a letter a letter that somebody wrote to the New York Times I think but the meaning every single line of that of those of those verses is so apt and meaningful and so relevant to the point um i'm trying to remember one of them now it's like 
um, don't worry about the future or worry and know that it's as effective as trying to solve algebra by chewing bubblegum um, and know that the th the things that will cause you most trouble are likely to blindside you on some idle Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. <laughs> and, it, you know, it is, you know, you can worry as much as you like, but the thing that's going to cause you the problem is going to be something you didn't expect. Yeah, really but the old idea, isn't it? You know, the old guy says, I've had many worries in my life and none of them have ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I definitely, definitely recommend you, you listen to it and you know, let me know what you think because oh, we'll do. Oh, we'll it really do. has, in some of the darkest moments I play, and it's like, okay, there it is again. Yeah. So what are you doing now? And what is the message that you want to give to the audience? So uh, thank you. I I, um, I mentioned the impact accelerator. Um, so you know, for if there's any audience out there who are trying to build a a, a startup that is um, really focused on helping people, nature, or the planet, then get in touch because we've got a program for you. Um, on the other side, I yeah, as part of the digital sustainability and digital carbon footprint thing, I realised that. It's a big, difficult, nebulous topic, but there's a way that everybody can start. Every company can start very easily. And that's just by addressing what's become our digital front doors, our websites. Um, so I created a tool called digitalcarbon.online, which allows companies to track and measure the carbon footprint of their entire website over time. Um, it also helps them identify how they can make improvements and helps them get their websites to kind of carbon neutral. So that is... So just to cl clarify, because I mean, where is the carbon being expended in my website? Yeah, that's a great question. Because um, it's ain't parts, burning so... anything as far as I can tell, but... You know. <laughs> Well, everything we do digitally needs energy, and that's yeah. kind of the, the fundamental thing. So energy, um, at the moment, you know, like today we were talking about how the wind is creating the lowest carbon footprint of the energy in the UK, and it's 59.3% um, of the UK's energy right now is coming from wind, which is great. Mm. But there's still gas. There's still mm. other stuff coming in. And even as we move into that future where we have more and more renewable energy, there will still be brown energy being used. So it's that energy that's used to run the data centers, run your browser, to run all the communications in between. That's what's generating your carbon footprint. There's also the embodied piece, which is the carbon that goes into making the machines and, and all of that stuff. Um, but in terms of when somebody visits your website, what they're generating is carbon from the energy that's being used to do that. And that's your energy on the browser, but way more than that as well. Um, so there are tools out there where you can determine a snapshot of a single page. So, you know, you can plug in your your website into a, into one of these analyzing that tell you this page generates this much carbon. But what I realized was there was nothing to do an entire website and to build that kind of um picture over time are we, i mean are we talking a lot i know sorry i'm going to be really devil's advocate here because they're like you know i mean i'm looking at our web you and i are looking at a zoom call we've been talking we've been talking for a good hour and a bit mm. how much carbon have we generated or lost or used in that time um I mean, if we're going to have a ballpark figure like on your know, back of a packet of sweets, yeah so, so we're these probably, days <laughs> yeah, with everything that's going on here, we're probably pushing a lot more carbon than you would imagine just from this single phone call. Um, it's not in the realms of kind of 
getting in your diesel car and driving to the shops, but it's tens, hundreds of grams of carbon from this single core. Really? So you're talking like, you know, half a kilo of carbon could could come at this core? It could be. I mean, I think that's probably on the upper end. And Zoom is is one of the worst, actually. I think Google Meet is probably the lowest carbon footprint. Um um and teams is somewhere in between is that because so, yeah. zoom haven't haven't decarbonized their own systems or is that, is that because of something the way zoom operates um a bit of both so i know because google are pretty good on their data centers aren't they 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 try to make them as carbon neutral as possible yeah yeah so they say um <laughs> and uh <laughs> There's, there's nuances there we could explore. But I mean, one of the key differences is um, the amount of energy required to run um, to run the technology to create the call. So right now, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at a big screen. I'm looking at um, the, my, my camera, uh, the microphone, the speakers and the Zoom client. The Zoom client on the computer is, is one of the differentiating things. It uses quite a lot of energy. Now, right now I'm running on renewable energy because I've got a solar power and um and a battery and all of that stuff. And Ooh. so my side of it is is very low. Um uh, Mike's I'm in Scotland, we've got wind power. You're wind Mike's, power. My, wind Mike's power. Yeah, <laughs> it's the brain power, actually. Um <laughs> that's a project I'm working on too. Um <laughs> but um so yeah, it's more than you think, you know. Okay. Um and when you scale it up to the number of calls that you have in a day in a week in a year it can be quite significant um and uh yeah i can't remember all the numbers off the top of my head i did a whole um study on this and model so, on it. but the point about it is there is more energy being used and more carbon being used and we all need to become stop becoming aware of it because it yeah. will grow exponentially what has been the growth of this over the last say five or six years i mean i guess during covid times there was a massive growth in massive the... absolutely boomed I mean, it absolutely boomed. And exponential is exponential. I mean, we don't, as humans, really understand what exponential really is. Um, but if you want to understand more about um, exponential, then one of the original Google chaps, a guy called Ray Kurzweil, coined a um, kind of kind of thought process and a story around second half of the chessboard. Um, so if you Google Ray Kurzweil and second half of chessboard, it's about a, um, a story of how chess was made or chess was invented. Mm -hmm. And I know you said it was in a long call already, but um, essentially it illustrates the power of exponential in, in a way um, that leads to somebody potentially being executed for uh, <laughs> trying to get past the emperor, trying to swing one past the emperor and asking for more rice than's ever been created on, or grown on the planet. Mm. Really interesting. But the point is that in a world of exponential, things change very quickly, very fast. Um, and Ray Kurzweil's point is, if you look at the history of technology from the, the invention of the um, the transistor, following, following Moore's law of doubling of computer power mm. every time, when you get into this second half of the chessboard, where on every square of that chessboard, things are doubling, 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 doubling. In that second half of a chessboard, it becomes very alien and very scary because doubling of something that's enormous in the first place becomes twice as <laughs> twice as enormous and it gets very scary. In terms of technology progress, we passed that second half of a chessboard mark in 2020 or 2019. So we're now living in a world where things are changing so fast, so quick, 
with so much of an impact that we as humans can't keep up with understanding that and well it's the same conversation around economics i mean i'm not going to open this conversation up because we're already a significant conversation so i think we you and i mainly have further calls but you know the whole idea of three percent growth in the world yearly is means a doubling of everything every 20 years yeah, and that and that obviously number will come down. So I mean, it's every twenty years, but I guess you know, in in the next twenty years, it'd be doubling everything every eighteen like every eighteen years, and then and then slower. You know, there's not enough planet to keep doubling it all. No, and and if you if you want to try and play this game at home, um, you get a chessboard and you put a single grain of rice on on um on square one, double it all the way up, and you will run out of money to buy rice way before the second half of that chessboard because you're out just, of space on the chessboard before you get why <laughs> yeah but you just i mean i don't care how wealthy you are you won't be able to buy enough rice to finish that exercise um because it doesn't exist on the planet amazing that's phenomenal um so so we, we, we've gone off topic a bit about what you're doing now and um, <laughs> and and uh so clearly there's a massive issue with carbon and so how do people come and deal with it in terms of their their um Digital carbon footprint. What's yeah. the first step? Well, I think, like, like I was saying, I, um, websites are are our, um, as any business's front door nowadays, really. So, and websites have a carbon footprint. It's not huge. I'm not going to say it's got to be your priority. Um, there are other priorities for many organisations, but organisations that are running their businesses f- um, more and more digitally, they need to understand that that has a footprint, and sure myself and many others in the space can help organizations understand their entire digital carbon footprint it can be quite challenging but if you're going to start on this place start with your website because now with digital carbon online there is a easy simple and low-cost way to make that happen so start and then with that you can have an impact and you can track that impact and measure that impact and report on that and just improve things and that creates a mindset and an understanding and awareness, which is what I'm all about. Awareness, understanding, and then action. And then yeah, that will help you progress down that digital sustainability journey. So if people would like to contact you, how would they do that? Um, I'm on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Scott Stonham on LinkedIn, or you can go to digitalcarbon.online and you can contact me there. Lovely. A lot of those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Is there anything you want to say to tie tie this conversation together? (laughs) Not in the remaining time. Uh, But no, I just want to say I I love having these conversations. I can talk on all of this stuff in a lot more depth and passion, as you can probably tell. I just really appreciate you taking your time and the audience taking their time to to listen to me ramble on. But I just hope something out of this has kind of made you have an aha moment yourself. Well, Scott Stonham, thank you so much for being here with me today. All the best. Thank you so much. And that was part two of my conversation with Scott Stonham. If you'd like to catch up with Scott, you can find him on LinkedIn. You can find his website digitalcarbon.online, the Impact Accelerator at ia.asquired.uk, and his other website is wellthatsinteresting.tech. And all those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Okay, as I mentioned at the beginning, now is the time to discover how to find some more focus in your life and get things done. Okay, so we're all looking to move forward. We all want to find some measure of success in the world. 
And if you've heard the podcast, you know I have a view of success, but that's another conversation. The point is, however you look at this, we want to get things done. You might want to get a project over the line. You might have a really big goal that you're looking to to move, to move forward on. And the problem is, whenever we start these projects, whenever we do anything like this, there's always some resistance. There's always something that gets in the way. And that can be a multitude of things. Um, But the key to this is how do we retain focus and stay with the project and push it over the line? And that's where focus coaching can help. Now, it's a, it's a process that I discovered some 15 years ago during my coach training. And it's something sometimes called focus coaching, turbo coaching, speed coaching. And it's a really simple process where we, we define what it is you're trying to achieve. And we look at the resistance that you're experiencing in that achievement. Come up with some strategies to solve that resistance. Commit to setting a date and I hold your feet to the fire to make sure that you do that. So there's a commitment, there's an accountability process and that's it. That's basically how it works. You get it done. And I can tell you it is so powerful when you start working in this way, particularly when you work with someone who supports you in the process of doing it. And one thing to remember, you know, success is never guaranteed, but the struggle always is. And that's what this coaching is designed to do. It's designed to get you through the struggle towards the success you're looking for. So do check out the uh, link in, on this podcast or at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. You will find a video of me again explaining this process. But if you go below the video, there's a booking link where we'll have a discussion about your project and how we could get you sorted. As always, if you have enjoyed this podcast, if you found anything here of any use, please share it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. If you can, give us a review. Give us a five-star review. I have to ask for five stars. Why not? I think I'm worth it. When you support a podcast in that way, you have no idea how effective it is, both in terms of supporting us on the platform, but it also makes us feel good. Yes, it makes me feel good, and I like to feel good. As always, thank you for your time and attention. I will catch you next time.